Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. We've grown up with this kind of Cinderella story that says there's this one person you're going to find and love conquers all and they give you everything that we need. But we know that that doesn't exist because we also need jobs and we also need friendships and we also need these other pieces. What if Cinderella had a different kind of story? What makes a marriage anyway? What defines a marriage? We spent all of season one telling stories that tried in some way to answer those questions. Then we took a break. In fact, we're still technically on a break. But we have this interview that I felt I just had to share with you before we start season two. And I had to do it because I think it truly gets at the heart of the questions that we're looking for answers to. So, bonus episode. Bonus episode? Who are we talking to? Don't sound so exhausted, Ramsey. We only did 28 episodes straight in season one. Oh, I'm ready to go. Well, I'm trying to figure out where to start because... There's so many ways to start this story. Have you seen the television show Younger? Next time on Younger. I couldn't be with you because of timing. You introduced me to the perfect girl. I can't be with her. Doesn't sound familiar. Your wife definitely has. Go ask Carrie. It's one of the smartest and funniest guilty pleasures on television. Long story short, for the past five seasons, there's been this love triangle between the characters Liza, Josh, and Charles. Sounds scandalous. It's actually not. It's more sweet and hilarious. So the character Josh is this very sexy and charming 20-something tattoo artist. He lives in Williamsburg. I'm letting you picture it right now if you haven't seen the show. Sexy 20-something tattoo artist who lives in Williamsburg. And fans of the show, they're either Team Josh... Or their team, Charles. This is who they want Liza to end up with. And which one are you? I'm team both. I don't want to have to choose. I feel like I'm very, very fluid when it comes to my teams. So the actor who plays Josh is Nico Tortorella. On TV, his character is a straight-up, straight heartthrob. Now, in real life, Nico identifies as something else entirely. Nico is non-binary, neither male nor female. 
and they are in a polyamorous marriage with fitness star Bethany Myers. That's who you heard earlier in the episode talking about Cinderella. What I learned in today's episode, and what I'm trying to tell you right now, is that Nico's real-life love story is so much more interesting than anything you see on television. And today we get to tell you just a little piece of it. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Before we get started, we should talk about pronouns and making sure that we use the pronouns that someone prefers. Both Nico and Bethany prefer the pronouns they and them instead of the traditional gendered pronouns he and she or him and her. You'll hear them use them to refer to each other throughout this episode. Now, their love story. Nico and Bethany were just kids when they met in Chicago. 18 years old, living on their own for the first time, Nico came from this big, boisterous Chicago Italian family. Bethany had grown up in this really conservative household in Missouri. Chicago was like a really big deal for me to move to, and I was raised like with a pretty religious background. They were at this party at the dorms at Columbia College. Bethany just wasn't having any of Nico. There was just something like super familial about Bethany from the get-go. And also, they were the only female-bodied person in the room that wasn't like, this is gonna sound annoying, but that wasn't throwing themselves at me. So I was like, okay, 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 they're the one, they're the one. And I went up to, to Bethany, we started having a conversation. I think we started playing beer pong. I was not interested at all. I was I, also like, like really into underground hip-hop at the time in Chicago. <laughs> I was like wearing all LRG, like flat rim hats, big hoodies. Like I was like, I presented as rough and tough. Nico did not look like the boys back home in Missouri. And at that point, you know, my experience with dating had been like baseball players and that was about it. So at first I was like, all of my friends were so into Nico, you know, it like wasn't my jam. And one of the first things Bethany ever said to me was that they had a boyfriend. They were madly in love. They couldn't ever imagine themselves with anyone else. And <laughs> uh, somehow that they didn't believe in evolution fit real quick into one of those first <laughs> two sentences as well. And I was like, all right, all right, girl, game on, game on. <laughs> But I didn't overstep any boundaries and I wasn't trying to like be this homewrecker of any sort. But I just wanted Bethany as a friend. I mean, anyone that knows Bethany just knows that they just have this ability to make anything and everything better immediately. And wanted them as close as possible. And it was only a matter of time before Bethany broke up with that boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And then Nico lived five floors above me in our dorm building. And so I ended up going up to Nico's apartment and like I would do homework up there. We would just talk and I had never met anyone quite like them. 
from the way they ate food and the type of food and the way they decorated everything. It was just this very unique person. We started like just hanging out, getting high and going to college and sleeping together. From very early on, we both recognized and understood this connection that was between us. But then we also spent a lot of time trying to kind of fight some of that energy that was there. Challenge it. Um, yeah, challenge it. And to both kind of be the, the person that was playing hard to get. We ended up like kind of trying to date traditionally for two weeks. That was the only time in the history of their relationship where they tried to do the so-called traditional dating thing. One man, one woman, monogamous dating. And I think that this is almost like a the testament. Only time in our relationship. Yeah, like we tried to do like the boyfriend and girlfriend for two weeks and we were both like, hell no, this is not for us. We broke up and then the connection that we had between us, though, like that, that didn't go away. And it was still really evident. You know, I mean, from that point forward, we just could never really get rid of each other. Nico and Bethany both told me that they were the first ones to really challenge the other one. To challenge long-held beliefs and force them to think about things in different and actually beautiful ways. Yeah, Nico was the first person, you know, who was who had asked me about my beliefs and the way that I was raised in a way that didn't feel judgmental. So it was like, wow, I've, you know, why do you believe these things that you believe? Why, you know, did you grow up this way? Why all of these things? And I started to realize in that moment that I didn't have an answer. Otherwise, that's what I had been told. And so Nico sort of brought out this piece of me where I was able to explore in a way that didn't feel, um, that didn't feel threatening. Yeah. Bethany and I both come from families where there isn't a single queer person in either one of our families, at least not like outwardly queer. And uh, they are historically pretty homophobic and transphobic and racist as well. And I think that like we were taught and queer people are taught from families that are like that to, to hate themselves one way or another. That was something they both internalized. It was a really long time before I recognized and accepted any piece of my queer identity because that was a really scary thing for me. I mean, growing up, I had been taught you were only gay if you had fallen so deeply into sin that it was a punishment from God. So, you know, now looking back at my life, like I can recognize the girl in college that I was in love with. Like I can recognize all of these different people who I had queer feelings for. The first time that I ever really realized it, we were in Chicago. So this is when, after Nico and I had already met, it was New Year's Eve. And I, there was this girl that was a friend of mine and she was kissing this guy at New Year's. And I was so jealous And I remember having a moment where I was terrified at the fact that I felt jealous feelings about that. In 2014, they both decided to move to New York. They'd been together off and on, on and off, and Nico wanted to be with Bethany. At that time, I had already had like two pretty serious boyfriends. And one of the stipulations of like us moving to New York, I was like, hey, Bethany, like, let's let's give this a shot. But I also like, I want to be able to still explore my own sexuality, you know, and dating men. 
So what Nico is saying is that they still wanted to be with Bethany, but Nico was still exploring their sexuality. The good news is, so was Bethany. I was on board with that. Nico went to Los Angeles for a little while, and Bethany had this epiphany to try exclusively dating women. There was one guy that I slept with in New York after Nico left, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not pretty sure, I know, in the middle of having sex with him, I just got up and left, and I was like, this isn't for me. Like, just smack dab right in the middle, got up, put on my clothes, and I was like, never again. And... Um, and then from there I started dating women exclusively and then simultaneously Nico is dating other people. I feel like that actually set us up for where we are now because it was the healthiest we had ever been. The healthiest we've ever been is a really good place to be. It's also a really good place to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Nico and Bethany had known each other for more than a decade. They'd grown up together. Their friendship was in this really great place, and both their careers were taking off. Nico had a starring role on a hit television show, And Bethany was one of the hottest things going in the absolutely insane New York City fitness world. They weren't living together. They weren't even technically dating each other. But they knew they needed to be together. They were the other one's person. The problem is they had a really difficult time explaining to other people the role that the other person played in their life. When you know you're someone's person, what do you do? There's a lot of traditional narratives for that. And one of them happens to be, you get married. We had really struggled relationships explaining to the other people that we were dating what Bethany and I meant to each other. Mm -hmm. And we had thrown the idea of getting married to the other partners that we had previously and it was like really confused for them. And I think that we realized that if we were married, if we did have this spiritual and civil state recognized union, it would actually be easier to navigate our secondary and tertiary relationships with other people because we had this foundation. There was a, all of a sudden, a title for our foundation. 
Which one of you proposed to the other one? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I proposed a year before. <laughs> I've proposed over the last 12 years in drunken stupors. <laughs> drunken stupors aside, they had this trip to Peru where they were living in the jungle with no running water, no electricity, just the two of them. When we came out, it was very evident that this was our foundation. This is who we were supposed to be with. I woke up from a nap and I leaned over to Bethany and I was like, hey, baby, we're getting married March 9th, 2018. Okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. Not a single person attended their wedding at the clerk's office in New York City. And that's exactly how they wanted it to be. They'd originally invited their mothers and then uninvited them at the last minute. They wanted this moment to be about them, about their love, their commitment, their partnership. Just the two of them. Nico and Bethany wore white matching gowns and white matching crowns. Here's a video clip of them on their wedding day. Hey, baby. What's today? Today is March 9th, 2018. And? And the Cubs are playing the White Sox. And? And we're getting married. We're married. We just got married. Took us like three minutes. That's it. (laughs) 11 years, three minutes. (laughs) After the wedding, they hopped in their pickup truck with their dogs, drove to upstate New York for their honeymoon. It's time for another quick break. Be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter over the influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Here's where we're going to have a little bit of fun with definitions. Bethany and Nico both consider themselves non-binary queer individuals in a polyamorous relationship. And I think that where we both are now in our polyamorous and non-binary identities has come from really trying to understand the queer community and even just the human condition as a whole and why there are so many binaries and divisions set up across the entire board. And I think that our non-binary identities right now are really about the collapsing of divides and binaries. It's about the space between really exploring that and celebrating them, you know? That's a lot of words you might not know. And it's okay. 
Nico and Bethany both get asked a lot if they can break it down for people. Yeah. Okay. Well, non-binary, when we're talking about gender, means not one or the other, not man or woman. Here comes the queer theory. (laughs) (laughs) And in terms of polyamory. We're able to have other relationships in a nutshell. Um, And that relationship can be anything from sexual to emotional to, you know, whatever it may be. Nico and I have a solid foundation of trust and we have our partnership together. And there's so much trust that we can allow other people um, into our life. I think it's just important to note at this point in the conversation, just like the amount of privilege that Bethany and I both have and just being able to have a conversation like this, to, to, to be talking about how queer we are. You know, I mean, for the naked eye, Bethany and I are a straight couple, cis passing. But that is so, so far from who we actually are in our own lives. And I think that, like, what's most important to us right now is, is this responsibility that we have for a much greater cause than even ourselves. It's about leveraging our voices and our platforms to speak for, you know, marginalized communities across the entire planet that don't usually get the platform to have these types of conversations. And it's time to normalize all different types of love. I mean, thank God for the social media revolution. We are actually seeing other people outwardly live their lives. Yeah. The question polyamorous couples get asked all the time all the time. Don't you get jealous? We definitely have like some ground rules laid down as I feel like anyone who's stepping into a polyamorous relationship or should. Or any relationship. Really. Or any relationship, exactly. Look, I couldn't agree more. The common theme for every unhappy couple I know, gay, straight, bi, queer, every unhappy couple I know is that they didn't set ground rules going into their marriage. Yeah. You know, get cheated on in the whole gamut. Right. Bethany wrote this great essay for women's health earlier this year. One of the things that Bethany said is that the label polyamorous is scary to people. That people hear it and they think, oh, it's about people having sex like crazy. And that's just not how it is. I always tell people, I'm like, I think oftentimes people think of the idea of a polyamorous relationship through the lens of what they know of a monogamous relationship. So the idea of like, you know, your partner sleeping with somebody else in a monogamous relationship would feel like cheating, backstabbing, betrayal. Whereas like I would know beforehand if Nico were to sleep with someone else and the vice versa. Mm -hmm. For me, it eliminates a lot of fears that come with kind of a standard relationship because everything is talked about. You know, when I'm crushing on a girl, Nico is the first person who knows about it and also like gets excited with me. And, you know, we go and stalk her Instagram and whatever it may be. And so I think really what a polyamorous relationship says is that you don't believe in the idea that you get every single thing from one person. And we've grown up with this kind of Cinderella story that says there's this one person you're going to find and love conquers all and they give you everything that we need. But we know that that doesn't exist because we also need jobs and we also need friendships and we also need these other pieces. And I don't think it's unreasonable to think that maybe we also need a different type of love or somebody who can give something else. Nico is great at so many things, but there's also things that like they aren't able to give that maybe a female partner of mine can't. 
Mm. I think, like, in the most basic terms, non-binary is gender non-conforming, and polyamorous is many love. Um, and that pretty much, you know, defines how how we navigate our own relationship and any other secondary tertiary relationships that we have. It's about the ability to hold space for many people. And it's about communication. It's about the ability to talk about anything, what they like, what they don't like, what they want, what they don't want. I first met Nico and Bethany right after they were chosen to do this campaign for a brand called Lovers. They chose to work with Nico and Bethany because as a couple, the two of them truly embody the fact that sexuality is something that should be discussed and celebrated and most importantly, talked about. That sex is something we need to talk about. This word lovers is just like super universal, right? It's about the access to expression and identity across the entire board. And that sexuality is super fluid, but also needs to be more approachable. You know, it's so taboo in in all cultures, right? And we, so much of, of what we talk about on a regular basis is just the ability to love ourselves first and be comfortable talking about anything. So it just seemed like this really solid fit. Yeah. And there was something they were, that I really loved when we were talking and they were talking about the word lovers and they were like, you know, it can be a lover that you have in a relationship or it can be a love with yourself or it can be a love, you know, as a favorite toy or a favorite product. And it kind of expanded this board and sort of outstretched what lovers can mean. Well, I mean, I think that we all have the right to sexual pleasure, right? I just think that it just needs to be normalized. I mean, it just needs to be something that we talk about as comfortable as like eating breakfast or talking about our relationships, you know, like sex is in one way or another, what almost to its detriment, it's what defines our romantic relationship. And if we talk about it more, it will just be less taboo. And really, it's just about communication, you know, being able to have a conversation with yourself first, what you're looking for, what you need, and then honest conversation with your partners. Since both of you have slept with both genders, is communication the most important thing in making your sex life together work? Yeah, absolutely. Communication. I think it's understanding the work that it takes to better yourself. And that only comes from the ability to communicate how you're feeling, to be able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I want. And now how do I express that? And that is communication. And it doesn't always have to be right. You have to try it first and explore it. And I think it should all be celebrated. Sometimes it's actually better when it's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely more interesting. Perfection is wildly flawed. Nico and Bethany are so open, so honest, and so proud of who they are. And that's not easy for everyone to digest. Nico was recently on the Wendy Williams show talking about their new erotic poetry book, All of It Is You. On the show, Nico talked about their non-traditional relationship in a really beautiful and eloquent way. It still freaked some people out. 
Please welcome for the first time on our show, Nico Tortorella. And take me through this, and we're gonna listen to you very carefully. Yes. Nico is not in a traditional relationship. There's nothing traditional about what's going on here. Okay, yes. Okay, so, uh, yeah, educate Beth, us. Yes. Bethany and I, we both identify as non-binary, which means we, we don't feel we are a man or a woman. We live in the space between. We are both queer. We're in a polyamorous relationship, which means we, we date other people. Mm. Um, and you know, trust, communication, and love are the most important things. So you date, you know, I mean, if- The next morning, Bethany opened the phone to a slew of hateful comments and messages on social media. They were from folks they referred to, and I love this acronym, as NITs, Nasty Internet Trolls. The things that were written were disgusting and terrible. And I'm curious how you both deal with them. My God, do. Nico's so much better at it than I am. I mean, because they've also just dealt with it for longer. And so I think Nico's like definitely the person that kind of helps me out of that. Um, And we help, I mean, we help each other. Um, Something that I found, there's two things that I found have been helpful for me maybe three. One is delete and block when there's stuff coming in and you cannot handle it. Like it's okay to shut that out and to not respond. Yeah. There's like a place where you have to protect yourself. Um, the other thing is, is like calling on your community to help support. Um, so when there was like all of these nasty comments coming in, I went onto my Instagram and I was like, Hey, everybody, I need your help. Please go say nice things. And even, even just like that act of simultaneously seeing a bunch of nice things come in from the people that you know, are your people that helps. And then I also think that, uh, speaking about it, you know, like simply going on and writing that post and being like, this is what happened and this is how I feel about it. That is a way to help get out some of those emotions. But I will be the first to say that this is still a work in progress for me. And like, I have days where I choose not to open my Instagram because I'm just not sure what's there or if, if I can handle it. Yeah. I think for me, just understanding what the negative feedback is too only helps the messaging and makes me want to do more to figure out how to reach a larger audience. You know, it's like, watching Fox and CNN, you'll have a better political understanding if you are listening to both sides. It's important in in the worlds of social justice, activism, advocacy. I mean, I think the core of our work right now is building community and bridging gaps. Nico and Bethany get asked all the time by people who know them and by perfect strangers, why get married at all? You don't have to. Why? get married. And when you're talking about health insurance and having children, like things are just easier to get done when it's recognized by the state. Yeah. Oh, I know it. I'll get the question. So why even get married? If you are going to sleep with each other anyway, why even get married? And I've been thinking about that. And I'm like, if you follow that belief, that's to say that the only reason that people get married is for ownership of their partner. And, you know, there's really a lot of reasons that we get married. And I think for Nico and I, I mean, I always come back to the word foundation and family, but we have created, we have started to create our family base that is recognized by the government, especially when our own families is a trickier place where we don't always feel super accepted. 
And, you when, know, at the end of the day, I wanted, I wanted my family with yeah. Nico and I wanted that to be recognized. We've missed you guys. We have. We really have. When we started Committed, we didn't think that our first season would be 28, now 29 episodes, but the stories just kept coming and we couldn't stop telling them. We are officially on a break right now. I swear it's a real break. It's not a Ross and Rachel style break. It's a break. But we'll be back in early 2019. In the meantime, we're already doing interviews and producing episodes for season two. But you can always stay connected with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash committedpod, and our Instagram account, which I love, at committedpod. And we're still listening to all of your mini committed love story voicemails, so please, please, please keep them coming. And if you love us, like really love us, like you know you're committed and stuff, then leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. I know you've heard that before from other podcasts, but it's true. And if this is your first episode, hi, welcome. You can always go back and binge the entire first season. I actually can't think of a better way to spend your upcoming holiday road trip. Can you? Happy holidays, guys. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Bethany Myers and Nico Tortorella. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Hunt, with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Julie Douglas, and Tyler Klang. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. You can also grab a copy of Joe's new book, Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the How Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. 
We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.